Shiraji Gopal Pujai. Good evening. I had been discussing with a little bit with Padmanabharsh Maharaj and Vaishnav Maharaj previously um, the um, something about the history of the sannyas order, and um, I thought I'd speak a little bit about it tonight. Maharaj had encouraged me to do so, share it with all of you. Um, I'll start at a broader uh, focus and and narrow in, um, or let us let us start with the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Of course, as we know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> uh, accepted the sannyas order of life, and he did that largely to create a teaching moment in the lives of the uh, general public, hmm? uh, that he might be that much better positioned. Uh, as a preaching strategy to share his dispensation. And um, he accepted the sannyas order from Keshava Bharati, who was a member of this Shankar Sampradaya. There's a uh, <coughs> famous verse from one of the Puranas, which one I can't recall, which mentions five things that are forbidden in Kali Yuga. And uh, one of them is sannyas. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uttered this verse as well. So sometimes it's cited by persons in our Sampradaya to say that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cited this verse and as such he was making the point that in our Sampradaya there's no place for the sannyas um, ashram status and so forth. Of course, if we look at the history of that uh, citation, the reason that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recited that verse was because the Chand Kazi at whose house um, he had whose house he had surrounded with his his devotees in a protest to the Chand Kazi's opposition to Namsant Kirtan. And um, the Chand Kazi came out a little bit fearful and there was a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, uh, before he took sannyas, entertained a, a discussion with him, and um, of course he was establishing his his uh, central uh, focus as a means and an ends unto itself of Namsen Kirtan, and it was uh, being performed in the public under his order auspices. And uh, even the Hindus uh, in, in Bengal were objecting to it. And so the Muslims, and the majority, so the Muslim ruler um, took steps to suppress the Sankirtan. So anyway, uh, at the door of the Chandakazi, Mahabharata entertained some discussion with him and, and um, um, At one point, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, what, what kind of religion is this if you are eating your mother because the cow is the mother? And the Chandakazi said, well, in your books, there's also a place for a Gumeda Yagya, cow sacrifice. Hmm. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, 
that is not allowed in Kali Yuga. And he quoted the verse, which is one of the one of the five things. And so his purpose in quoting the verse was to say that uh, cow sacrifice is not allowed in, in Kali Yuga. He went on to further discuss with him and convert him, ultimately. Uh, but he didn't cite the verse with the express purpose of prohibiting sannyas. And indeed, shortly thereafter, he accepted sannyas, as I mentioned, from Keshav Bharati. And um, <clears throat> although he accepted the sannyas of, uh, from Keshav Bharati, I should mention that uh, at the time, of course, the Shankar radical monism, Advaita Vedanta, was prominent throughout India. And um, it had both its uh, mystics, its ascetics, who were sannyasis, and then its religious leaders, who were the Brahmins, smart Brahmins. And um, they had quite, well, the prevailing um, influence. And... um, And Shankar had established a sannyas order with ten sannyas names. Where he got the ten sannyas names, I don't know, and most people probably haven't stopped to wonder or question. It's just kind of assumed these are the ten sannyas names because Shankar chose just like Shankar decided that certain Upanishads were the principal Upanishads. Maybe he gave his reasoning for it, but that's his opinion. We have a different opinion. For example, he didn't include Gopal Tapani as one of the principal Upanishads, where uh, the uh, the eighteenth uh, syllable Gopal Mantra, that's the the uh, principal Diksha Mantra of our Sampradaya, is found. It's where it's revealed in that Upanishad. That Gopal Tapani that which sheds light on Gopal. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just a kind of an example of how you say things for a long enough time and people just accept that that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So even though by that time Ramanuja had had come and and um, rebutted sannyas with the, the way to Vedanta doctrine and, and Madhva uh, as well, perhaps they were more prominent in, in, in the South, but I would say by and large uh, Shankar still had a hold on on the public, hmm? and um, it was the prominent uh, or dominant uh, influence. So, <coughs> Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas from Keshava Bharati, and um, later, hmm, the majority of the sannyasis who came to join him who were already in the sannyas order and uh, formed the uh, the metaphorical roots to the tree of love of God that uh, he embodied the fruits being love of God, the branches being many devotees and so forth. These were all from the Samp- uh, Shankar Sampradaya. Ke- Keshava Bharati, Parmananda Puri, Keshava Keshava Brahmananda Bharati. You know, included in that is Madhavendra Puri and Ishwar Puri, of course, who were the Guru, Diksha Guru, and the Param Guru, a Diksha Guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, 
and um, the, the history of obviously Ishwar Puri took sannyas from Madhavendra Puri. Where Madhavendra Puri got the sannyas, it's uh, not something you can really trace out, and it wouldn't be surprising if he had accepted it from the um, uh, the uh, Shankar school in uh, that that was predominant in Jagannath Puri. Shankar established four moths or monasteries, one of them in Jagannath Puri. That moth is influenced by bhakti. So they factor in bhakti uh, to help them attain their monistic um, ideal. And there are quite a few that came out through through there who then were influenced by bhakti and became Vaishnavas. We would look at the great... Uh, the famous Sridhar Swami, commentator on Bhagavatam, ancient commentator that Mahaprabhu respected and the Goswamis always uh, cite uh, as such a person. At one time, he's listed as the head of the Puri Math of Shankaracharya, but his commentary is is not an Advaitin commentary. It's really uh, filled with uh, insights about Bhakti, the Surup Shakti, and so on and so forth. There are elements of monism in there, that Jiva Goswami looked at as bait to bring in the monist, the monists and and ultimately bring them to bhakti. That's his perspective as he explains in his Tattva Sandarbha <clears throat> because he cites Sridhar Swami, he cites Madhva, he cites Ramanuja, Vaishnava Sampradayas, Vaishnava leaders. Uh, case in point, uh, Ramanuja was a great sannyasi in the Ramanuja Sampradaya but his name wasn't Ramanuja Tirtha Maharaj. Or it was, it was, apparently, it was just Ramanuja. <laughs> so he he didn't uh, subscribe to these are the only ten sannyas names. This is the sannyas order, but that was the dominant order out out and about. <clears throat> so Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas from Keshava Bharti. Of course, it's also explained in our sampradaya that. Um, in, in, in the earliest biography, which would probably be, as I'm thinking of it, uh, Murari Gupta's notes, and, uh, uh, that uh, uh, that Mahaprabhu asked Keshav Bharati, is this the mantra that you're going to give me? And the famous sannyas mantra in the Shankar Sampradaya is one of the, what they would call the Mahabhakyas of the of the um, Upanishads, this would be Tattvamasi. Tattvam, they may say that's the, the main principal sound. Hmm. Tattvamasi. And, and it, they translate it, you are that. Tattvamasi. Tattvam. You. Asi. Tat. Are that. You are that. So they have a very monistic understanding of it in which Atma and Brahman are one in all respects. In fact, there is no individual Atma, there's only Brahman, is their idea. And so, when one would enter into the sannyas order, in the Shankar Sampradaya, this would be their mantra, and um, they're more or less saying, I am Brahman. And people would treat him like Om Narayan, they would say, or God. Ryan would be a partial sattvic manifestation of the ultimate absolute that you could use as a focal point in this world, but had no standing in eternity in terms of a form to God, 
qualities, leelas, and so on and so forth. So, again, upon taking sannyas, it was thought one became God. Hmm? One realized, I am non-different from Brahman. Hmm? Now, um, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, is this the mantra? He whispered it in Keshav Bharti's ear, and it's thought that his conception of the mantra was then given to Keshav Bharti, who was transformed into a Vaishnav, and then he gave it back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And um, indeed, Keshav Bharti became a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And a, and a, a Vaishnava, no doubt about it. Um, um, so the history of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas is there, and as I say, he had a number, there are nine of them mentioned as the principal roots of the metaphorical tree of love of God that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodies. It splits into two trunks, as Advaita and Nityananda, and many branches of devotees, and the fruits again are love of God, as uh, beautifully described by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita. <clears throat> that said, um, this uh, is in the very formative days, really, of, of the Sampradaya, even prior to the, to, well, somewhat formative days of the Sampradaya. It was given some structure by Nityananda Prabhu, commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as he was to preach in Bengal and initiate, uh, and his associates were initiating and so forth. Uh, but um, in time, of course, as we know, the service of uh, establishing the Sampradaya hmm, was given to Sanatana Goswami, in particular in Rupa Goswami. Sanatana Goswami became the architect of the Sampradaya to give it shape, form, teachings. We do like this. These are our mantras. These are our procedures. Uh, this is how we dress. This is how we chant on beads, these type of things. The smriti, kind of, uh, if you will, for Gaudiya Vaishnavas. We don't need the Manu smriti. We have our own smriti in the form of Hari Bhakti Vilas. And it's a compilation of different verses from different Puranas and so forth, which he's taking and putting together and saying, this is how this Purana says this, so we do it like this in our Sampradaya, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And in the formation of the Sampradaya in this, in this regard, there is a um, renounced order. Hmm. Now, I'm not an, a, a well-versed in Hari Bhakti Vilas, um, but, um, and I'm, I'm not sure, I, I believe he may use the word sannyas, um, but at any rate, he, Sanatana Goswami, gives, an, 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 where he's drawing it from, I'm not sure either. Maybe from the Tantra, where you know most of the mantras are coming from. It said, "Nana Tantra Vidhanena." Hmm? What is it, Nana? About uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In, in Bhagavatam, eleventh canto, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes out of the pages. Krishna Varnam Tisa Krishna Sangol Pangasta Parshadam Yagnai Sankirtana Prayer Yajantihi Sumedasa. Karvajana Muni is describing the avatars for the different yugas. And he comes to Kali Yuga, it says, Nana Tantra Vidhanena, Kalo something. In Kali Yuga, hmm, the, the Dharma 
will be drawn largely from the tantric texts. Hmm? And then he says, Krishna, Varnam, Trisa, Krishna. Hmm? He's speaking about the Yuga Avatar, as Jiva Goswami has beautifully explained. And when you hear his explanation, you, you think, well, how could anybody think otherwise? Of course, no one had, had thought of it before that, and of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hadn't appeared either. But um, Krishna Varnam, to start, it's famous first. Coming, uttering the syllables, Krishna, Krishna Varnam, always. Krishna Varnam, to Krishna. He's black. He's Krishna, but he's not black. He's golden. Krishna Varnam, to Krishna. Sango Pangastrapashtam. He comes with his associates and ignites uh, and kirtana. They, they, they perform the, 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 the Dharma, the Yajna, for Kali Yuga, Namsan Kirtan. And th- those who are intelligent, Sumedasa, they will follow suit and embrace this Namsan Kirtan. So, um, anyway, there it's mentioned in the two lines prior to that verse, kind of a preface to that verse, where he's segueing from the Dwarpa Yuga the explanation to the Kali Yuga explanation. He mentions the Tantra. So we have Tantras. There, there, of course, there's the right-handed Tantra and the left-handed Tantra. And... Um, Tantras for us are like Gopa, uh, Brihad Gotamiya Tantra, Gotamiya Tantra, um, Krishna Yamala, texts like this. Hmm? Um, very esoteric uh, texts uh, uh, where mantras, procedures of worship, the realm of ritual is uh, explained how to move around in there. How to speak within there. Uh, yantras are explained, diagrams of, that are kind of a graphical depiction of the mantra, and so on and so forth. Hmm? And so, Sanatana Goswami uh, uh, the mantras we use are. Are, are drawn from there, so we, I don't know what tantra, but I assume the sannyas mantra, the, he also draws from there. But of course, it's not tattvamasi. Hmm? And one of the ways, of course, to think about this is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was pursuing the mood of Radha. Hmm? So in the mood of Radha, hmm? He wanted to say, I am yours, I am hers, I am his, excuse me, I am his, hmm? I am his, or Tattvamasi, because Tattvamasi, you are that, is better translated, you are his, thou art thine, hmm? it's grammatically correct, you are his, that's a Vaishnav way of looking at the, at the mantra. So, by saying, you are his, by uttering that, you're saying, I'm his, I belong to him. Hmm? Hmm? The mantra is saying to you, you are his, and you're agreeing, yes. Hmm? So, in the mood of Radha, hmm? Mahaprabhu could say, I belong to Krishna. Hmm? But when Sanatana Goswami was putting together the Sampradaya, hmm? He's putting it together for for us who are going to say not I am his but in terms of the highest reach of Gaudiya Vaishnavism I am hers. Hmm? <laughs> so while Radha may say I am his 
his manjaris will say, we are hers. We belong to her. Mm-hmm. Right? So, this is what the, in essence, what the sannyas mantra, given in Hari Bhakti Bilas, says. It's a, it's, a, it's a mantra for expressing the desire to take shelter of the bhav of of the uh, of the gopis hmm? and of course in um Rasamrita Sindhu Rupa Goswami made clear that of two basic types of gopi bhav the tad bhav where you rather than try to become a group leader and have direct union with Krishna some bog take shelter of a group leader in this case Radha and try to serve her that she may have union with Krishna. Mm-hmm. That is the preferable. So, I'm hers. Mm-hmm. This is the Godia idea. Now, that said, um, again, whether he I, he... I think he does in, invoke the, the, the term sannyas, but moving forward, what we see in the Godia Sampradaya is... is, is not the ex- uh, the acceptance as Mahaprabhu did of the saffron cloth, but of white cloth. Hmm? So Rupa Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, they wore white cloth. Hmm? So they were establishing a renounced order within Gaudiya Vaishnavism that differed fr- visibly from the Shankar Sampradaya. Hmm? So they had their own order of renunciation. And despite being preoccupied with worship of the deity, Harikata, Kirtan, these Angas of Bhakti, our Goswamis, the founding Acharyas, demonstrated through their example that they were so renounced that the Shankar sannyasis would, 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 would tremble. Indeed, they did tremble before Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Hmm? And he was only a 24-year-old boy when he took sannyas. And before the likes they would have, I would say, of Raghunathas Goswami, Rupa Goswami, who, who at times exhibited very extreme examples of renunciation for the purpose of saying our preoccupation with the Leela hmm, first of all it's not mundane hmm, and secondly it's a post-liberated affair because we're already liberated we're sannyasis by your your standard and we can exhibit the same type of uh, withdrawal from the world and, and so forth. Hmm. So our preoccupation is with the transcendent reality, with form, qualities, a determinate absolute, rather than your indeterminate absolute. Hmm. Pujapat Sridharmarsh used to desc- at times describe the Goswamis as having made a garland of jewels, hmm, in which in order to do, you have to drill a hole in, the, in stones which is difficult. Hmm? So what he was saying is that that they exhibited a very extraordinary measure 
externally of renunciation that would be difficult to um, uh, to embrace, as I say, even the Shankars, some sannyasis, uh, charges would would uh, would tremble in in the face of their their standard. So that's like hard work. They were establishing a sampradaya. Hmm? They wanted to say this again, Krishna Bhakti. Krishna Leela, this is this is transcendent. It's a post-liberated reality. Hmm? But they drilled the holes, and then Shudamar said, and we just have to put the thread through, so it's easier for us. Hmm? So we haven't asked Padmanabh Maharaj to live under a different pachoti tree every day while he's mm-hmm. while he's here, for example, or Vaishnav Maharaj. Hmm? Um, but there, there are stories like that of them and the extreme renunciation of Raghunathas and, and so forth. It's uh, it's uh, one time, Pujapad Sridhamaj was talking about something like this, and he was talking about his own life, actually, now that I recall, and how he began the moth in Navadweep, and uh, and it was just himself and a couple people, and it was very difficult, very austere, they had nothing, not enough to eat, and so forth. And... Um, and one of the... Afterwards... One of the devotees said, it was a sannyasi, he said something like, we are petrified. Hmm. And uh, Shudamar said, petrified, stoned, you are stoned. And they all laughed, of course, because it has another meaning. Like stone, you become. And then it was a chuckle, but he was saying, we are sannyasis and we're petrified to hear the standard of your own renunciation and, and so forth. So Shudamar was saying this about the Goswami, so you can imagine. Um, um, so um, this is all in the, again in the founding of the Sampradaya, which they did by by precept and by example as well. But their order, the point being of of, of renunciation and sannyas, um, became termed vaish or bake uh, later, or when I don't know. The popular term has become. Uh, Babaji, hmm? so Krishna Das Babaji, Ram Das Babaji, Gopal Das Babaji, uh, and so forth. <clears throat> and um, when that term came about, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's uh, been pr- prominent for you know, hundreds of years. But the but the white cloth is a statement hmm, in itself, and. Part of what's really being being said there is that, again, the sannyas in the Shankar Sampradaya was, you have become God. So now you're going to go around to give blessings. People are going to worship you wherever you go. You're standing out with a saffron cloth in a sea of white. And so people are going to respect you and bow down to you wherever you go. And, you know, God just walked in the room type of a thing. In Gaudiya Vaishnavism, of course, we say we are one and different with God, but we stress the difference hmm? for for the, for the purpose of Leela and, uh, and service and so forth. So they positioned themselves, or the Goswamis positioned the renounced order appropriately as humble servants of Krishna. They would keep the Sikha, hmm? The Sikha is apparently something that you know many Orthodox Hindus would wear. 
And um, when they took within Varnashram, and so when you took sannyas, you're stepping out beyond the Varnashram. Now you're no longer under karma, which is what governs the Varnashram, Rajas. Now you're you've gone to sattva and the, and towards the the, the nirguna, hmm? out of the world. So they would cut off their sikha. But the Gaudiya Vaishnavas would keep the Sikha. Hmm? And they would wear a white cloth so they wouldn't stand out. Hmm? And uh, it was uh, uh, a way of you know, making this kind of statement. We, we were renounced, but we're not God. We're humble servants of God. Hmm? And they would keep themselves humbly. Uh, typically, for example, they would, uh, for their meals, they would do uh, madukari. Madukari means to make kari madu, make like a, make like to make honey. Hmm? Like a bee goes, how does a bee, bee make honey? He goes to flower, take little pollen here, 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 a little bit each place, doesn't stay in any flower too long, comes back and makes honey. So the, the they would live in the dam. And they would do madukari, which would mean that for their meal they would go out and they would beg what they would get from pious Vaishnavas. That's what they would eat. Hmm? So they lived very austerely and dependent only on on Krishna for their um, maintenance. I mean, literally. And, um, and in this way, there was a concerted effort on the part of Gos- Sanatana Goswami to establish an order within the Gaudi Sampradaya that was a renounced order that would be different from the Shankar Sampradaya hmm? in dress, in philosophical perspective, and uh, standard of behavior, hmm? and so forth. Hmm? Um, so, to give an example, I, I gave an example. If you're wearing saffron and you go into the in the public, in the marketplace, you know, people are would uh, would worship you if you're walking in in a, in a white cloth. Nobody's going to notice you. Hmm? It's a big difference. Another to to illustrate this point, I tell a story I've told before. One of Prabhupada's uh, godbrothers, Bhakti Hridai Bond Maharaj, was a prominent member of of uh, the uh, uh, mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and he took sannyas from the Thakur. He was uh, sent to London to preach in Germany. Mm-hmm. So he's a prominent member. And um, after the passing of Saraswati Thakur, um, he once had a conversation with Pujapad Sridharmarj in which he, he he told him that, you know, I've been a sannyasi for so long, and you have too, and I'm thinking now it's time to do bhajan. Mm-hmm. Sannyasi. Now we're starting to talk about sannyas order of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Suddenly now we have a we have a saffron cloth back in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. We have sannyasis with different names and uh, bombastic names and, and so forth instead of Krishna Das Baba. Hmm? We got Bhakti Pranay, Padmanabha, Goswami Maharaj, Tridandi Bhikshu. <laughs> so we have to get to that. And I guess we're going in that direction. But in the in the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati the, the, the sannyasis were, uh, in his own words, uh, 
Jivanta Murdangas. He had the Brihat Murdanga, which was the printing press, the big drum, and the sannyasis were living drums. Hmm? We'd go out in canvas and so forth. So they were charged with, with, with dissemination widely. Rather than sitting in bhajan, hmm? in the dham, even going outside of the dham, Calcutta, and other places, after all, he established 64 mosques throughout India. That's a lot. Hmm? So, we'll go into that a little bit more, but just to tell the story, um, to illustrate the difference between the sannyas order, how it's looked at by the public, and the Babaji's, when Ron Marsh told Chitam Marsh, I think it's time I'm going to retire from the preaching and just do bhajan, so I'm going to now accept the, uh, the status and the standards and the dress of the Babaji. Hmm? So he put on a white cloth hmm, to go into bhajan. Hmm? And so he left the moth and got on the boat across the river to get on the train to go to Vrindavan, as usual. And um, there's a fair amount of pushing and shoving that goes on to get on the boat. Hmm? Once Shudamarsh told me that if you want to understand Vrindavan, go to the Howrah station in Calcutta. I'm thinking, what, the train station in Calcutta? In that, it's just packed, teeming with people like 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 ants here, you know, when they invade leaf eaters. So just teeming with people waiting for the trains, and the train stops. People are pouring out. I mean, it's a populous populous you know country. A lot of people, people pouring out, and people pouring in, and there's pushing and shoving and so forth, right? So he said, go to the harbor station, then you'll understand Vrindavan. And just look at this and turn everything backwards. Instead of everybody's going me first, me first. Everybody, oh, you first, you first. No, you on, you go. Something like that. Hmm. So anyway, Bon Maharaj, who used to travel as a sannyasi, would and was used to getting deference. Someone would say, "Oh, let, let, let the sannyasi come." They had that kind of, you know, sensibility. Oh, sannyasi, let him come on. Hmm. They wouldn't push him around. But now he's in white cloth, and they were just pushing him around and stumbled over and <laughs> could have got trampled on and so forth and. He came back to Sri Ramarsh and said, forget that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but Sri Ramarsh told us the story. So uh, so you can see hmm, the difference. And in a sense then, the Babaji order, as it was established by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, <laughs> was one in, in which humility was fostered. Hmm? Humility is huge in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we, we know it to be the interim goal to be more humble than a blade of grass, which is equates out with the with the stage of, of Nishta in Bhakti. Hmm? And, uh, and Sanatana Goswami goes on to say that in Prem, this humility is also manifest in such a way that the Prem fosters humility, humility fosters Prem back and forth, such that in that realm, the humility itself is non-different from Prem. So, humility is such a huge uh, focus in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I mean, it's talked about in the Gita and the Chankars will pick up on it and so forth, but I mean, they're proclaiming themselves to be God and overtly wherever they go, they're being highly regarded and worshipped and so on and so forth. So, um, the emphasis is obviously not the same. Hmm? as it is in any Vaishnava school, and within those schools, 
Gaudi Vaishnavism really, really makes a, a strong emphasis on this humility. I mean, these are the the four regulative uh, you know principles: uh, humble by the blade of grass, tolerant as a tree, accepting honor, uh, giving honor to others, accepting honor for oneself. This is the decorum of a of a, of a Gaudiya Vaishnav. Hmm? Uh, if you, I sometimes say, if you want to experience the kind of bodily transformations, astasattvika vikar, hmm, of in 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 uh, in in bhava in prem, hmm, at least you have to be a little f- flexible enough to bend over, hmm, in your sadhana, in that sadhaka deha, humble. Hmm, Right. Every time we we touch our head to the floor, we, we don't think too much. We should think, and to, as I'm cultivating humility, Mahaprabhu said, "Oh, he saw the blades of grass, and he thought he heard them say, why 'Why aren't you humble like us? People step on us, we just bend over. We don't complain. Hmm. We see the grass here all the time. That one was the last time he looked at the grass and thought of Mahaprabhu's verse." Hmm. You're not listening. Mahaprabhu was listening and the environment spoke to him like this. Hmm. A living thing for him. Not just some some verse to remember, maybe, and forget. Hmm. Or to spout it out in some lecture to show that you know something. But to live it. Hmm. We see this, the uh, statement of Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. We're, we're embarrassed by it. He said that that uh, those who... who, who uh, Chant my name. Those who what do they say those who. I'm lower than the jagai and madai, lower than the worm in the stu- stool. That's my position. Anyone who uh, hears my name uh, loses his piety. Anyone chants my name engages in an impious act. Hmm. Of course, we'll translate that to mean anyone who hears his name loses their good karma. And anyone who chants his name has all their bad karma eradicated. Shri Krishna Kaviraj Kusami Mashaiki Jai. So, uh, but you know, he is pointed to often as Kasturi Manjari, one one of the prime examples of the humility of Gaudi Vaishnavas, and he depicts the humility of 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 Sanatan Rupa Goswami when they came before Balaba. Uh, Rup and Anupam hmm? in um, what is it would have been uh, Benares yeah in Benares hmm? such humility at a distance they they paid their obeisances their mouths and tongues always vibrating in the name of Krishna hmm? oh don't touch them they're they're they have no caste. They have been ostracized from the Hindu community. But Balaba said, well, they're chanting. How can they be impure? Mahaprabhu was pleased with Balaba's understanding on that occasion. But the humility, the way in which Krishna thus describes their humility, it's very moving. Very, very moving. So here we have a renounced order that's just so humble hmm? and always glorifying other Vaishnavas, glorifying... Um, Krishna and so forth, and it's really quite a contrast from the renounced order of um, the uh, 
Advaita school of Shankar, hmm? or any even other Vaishnav schools. You have Chidandi Sannyas in uh, in Ramanuja Sampradaya and Madhva Sampradaya. They have Sannyasis. These fellows are wearing the saffron cloth and they're standing. I mean, they're Vishnu Bhaktas and and so forth. We don't know they're certainly they're humble, but Mahabhu is Sanatana Goswami, Rupa Goswami. They had this. They were empowered to do this. This is how they formed the Sampradaya. So it's it's a significant point. And along comes. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in the early part of the, the 20th century and starts a sannyasa order. Hmm? 500 years, 400 some years later from the time of the Goswamis. And so members of the Sampradaya, they didn't know what the heck that was all about. Hmm? To show the fluidity of of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and how he was thinking of the sannyas order that he was initiated himself into and that he was establishing. When he brought his first two sannyasis to Vrindavan, he had them dressed in black like a priest with a white collar, shaved head and tilak. And he was thinking, these will be our missionaries, we'll send them to the West. So they didn't even have saffron cloth for the, for that um, particular um, outreach, if you will, that he had in mind. So so I say this because sometimes you can go to one Gaudiya moth branch or another and they they can say, wrong color, Maharaj. That's the wrong color. Must be the color of a tongue, the cow of a tongue, or... (laughs) Yeah. Saffron comes in many shades. That's that's from from pink to yellow, practically. Um, and sometimes they were black, apparently, <laughs> right? Uh, because because again, it was a, it was part of a strategy for preaching, which was what Mahaprabhu was doing with the Sannyas order himself. Hmm? And, of course, the times were very different. And what were the times? Well, the times were something that Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur and Bhakti Vinod were dealing with. The fact that the modern world, if you want to call it that, Western world, was at the doorstep of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In fact, they had established their capital in Bengal. Hmm? And so, let's deal with it, was kind of their, their approach. I had mentioned before that the Copernican perspective hmm, of the what was that the 16th century was something that that was not unknown in India it was not there's there are there are among the among the traditionalists if you will um, in different Indian disciplines scholars, some of them took on the Copernican perspective, challenged it based on the Puranic, Puranic descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, some f- fused with it, some accepted it and, and then looked at the Puranas in a slightly different light. And so forth. But it was, it, was, it was not unknown. But the Goswamis in Vrindavan, they didn't deal with it. 
they were establishing a sampradaya. Hmm. They were in Radhabhav. Hmm. And, and it, although it had a trajectory, certainly in their own minds, Mahaprabhu was a Prithivichi Jatanagaradigram Sarvata Prachoro Ibe Munnam. My name will be heard in every town and village. So there, there was a trajectory to what Mahaprabhu was um, doing, and the formation of the Sampradaya was was to facilitate that trajectory, uh, outreach, and and the inner culture of it, hmm? to give it some shape, some form. Um, however, at that time, well, it ha- point being, it has a trajectory to deal with the rest of the world and the arguments they may have, the way they're thinking about things, and share uh, the dispensation of Mahabha was meant to be shared with, with with them in every town and village, right? Hmm? Originally, that was taken to mean every town and village in Bengal. Hmm? And Virabhadra Goswami went to every town and village in Bengal and thought it was done, you know. But their conception of the world expanded as the as other parts of the world, you know, came to India. Mm-hmm. But point being, by the time of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, you couldn't ignore it now. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the sampradaya that the Goswamis had established, in some respects, had needed some. Uh, uh, rejuvenation and input on the part of uh, power, empowered uh, devotees. It was misunderstood. There was misrepresentations of the teaching and so forth. Not that it wasn't healthy in some corners and so forth, but they were they were corners of the world hmm? that no one was going to go to or, or ever know about. Hmm? And um, and Bhakti arrived in other times described him as the first Western convert because he actually had a Western education and uh, was familiar with Western philosophers and embraced the ideas of some of the ideas of modernity and so forth and and then he came across, across Chaitanya Charitamrita and then he saw the Bhagavatam in another light through the eyes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became a great Gaudiya Vaishnava and so on and he empowered his son Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur who, who, to whom he also gave Harinam uh, to give shape to his idea of Wide-scale dissemination of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a in, in, in a perennialist, theistic perennialist sense, as I've often said. Um, in other words, recognizing other traditions in terms of their capacity to their 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 um, their efficacy to attain. Uh, penetration into transcendence um, and Gaudi Vaishnavism is one of them. He wanted it to be on the world st- stage of the world religions, right? It's his idea. And, and so, um, this is very different circumstances. And no one in Gaudi Vaishnavism is really dealing with it. There was one. One fellow who came, I think, what was his name? Krishna somebody? Hmm. 
to America before Prabhupada, Gaudi Vaishnav. I forget. Was that who? Was that his name, Premananda Bharati? Yeah, he did some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he came. He did some preaching, but he was very. Um, if you ever seen any of his preaching, it was very. I would say uh, fundamentalist. Mm. Hmm? Very black and white, and so forth. Didn't get any traction. But Bhakti Vinod Thakur was just the antithesis of that, right? The broad-mindedness, perennialist perspective of Bhakti Vinod Thakur and uh, just the Saragrahi Vaishnav uh, spirit. And it's so was so compelling. That's why taking that spirit, trying to give shape to it, Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur was able to capture young men and women with college educations and so forth, which was not who was coming to go to Vaishnavism. Hmm. Bengali boys coming, you know, or this is you're born into Gaudiya Vaishnavism in your family, and so it goes on like this like, uh, as, a re- as a religion for the most part, not as a revolutionary, hmm, uh, tangible, in the present, mystical tradition producing saints and so forth uh, visible in the world. So anyway, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, given who he was and the fact that modern world was what's at his doorstep, he he had decided to deal with it and he, and he, and he, and he, and he gave uh, a huge uh, responsibility to Bhaktivinoda Sarasthi Thakur who used his creative insights to come up with preaching strategies hmm, to fulfill the ambition of, of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Hmm. And so, when you do that, you look at other examples. One of the examples he was looking at was Christian missionaries in um, in India. What they were coming, what they were doing. And then, the and a particular Indian answer to that on the part of Vivekananda. Vivekananda was, of course, a follower of Ram Krishna, who was a tantric, and Vivekananda tried to align him with the Shankar Sampradaya, which is prominent, and the Advaita perspective was pretty much what everybody in the West who knew anything about Indian philosophy thought. That's what it's all about. They say you're God. Hmm? All the nuanced forms of Vedanta were, that's something we, we gave to the world. Our parampara, our paribar gave that to the world. Our, our Prabhupads gave that to the world. Before them, any university who only taught practically uh, Nirvishesh Brahma. This is what it's, what it's all about. Um, so, what Vivekananda did was he lined up um, what was his name? Ram Krishna. With the Shankar Sampradaya, Dwaita Vedanta, which he wasn't really lined up with. He was another thing. And then, and then he went and preached and established his his, his uh, Vedanta society, hmm? 
he got some elderly persons to sponsor him and whatnot, and went to the famous conference of world religions in Chicago and said, you are all asking about God, and I say, you are God. And I was, whoa, what? And I, this was at the time when evolution was just coming into the world, and some Christian intellectuals were threatened by that, and this Vedanta idea and, and some forms of Buddhism started to get some traction, early traction, in the West. So Bhakti Siddhanta, we looked at the at the Ram Krishna mission, how they were doing things, and they were sending some missionaries, and so I thought, we'll have our missionaries, and and um, and so on. And meanwhile, the beautiful, as we've described it already, the order of Babaji, if you will, or the traditional white dress and renunciates, had developed pretty much of a, ba- a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. And here's the issue. With the emphasis on bhakti and its efficacy, mm-hmm. then moral lapses or impurities look very small. Small thing for bhakti to deal with. After all, bhakti has the power to overwhelm Krishna. So, certainly she can give you the power to give up smoking. Pretty small thing compared to the power to overwhelm Krishna. Right? So, you don't have that in the Gyanmarg. Gyanmarg, Yoga Marg are much more self reliant, virile paths. Godi Vaishnava is a much more feminine path. Hmm? We see ourselves as Prakriti. There's one Purusha. We're dependent upon him. He's the maintainer. And of course, this is an old school, old world you know, perspective, roles of men and women and so forth. Hmm? But. Um, um, Comparatively, it's 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 feminine. I mean, the, the highest ideal to become a gopi, and, and Radha's position is championed over that of Krishna, Bhakti Devi herself, and um, and so forth. So, in the Gyanmarg or the Yoga Mark, by comparison, uh, you know, there's the Yoga Mark. There's a good system in Astanga Yoga for controlling the body and making it supple and and ultimately controlling internal organs, even, and the mind and the breath. and So it's a very sophisticated uh, approach to, to controlling the mind and the senses, cleansing the chitta of the material samskars. Hmm? But, but it's virile. Virile? It's effort-based. Try some stretching. You know, it's, a, it's a effortless. You know, they say, don't stretch beyond it. You know, yeah. but <laughs> compared to chanting the holy name with the cartels, it's 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 effort effort based, right? Yoga and gyan, you know, to to enter to contemplative life, to to study the scriptures. This is. A, um, these are powerful, 
but they're not as powerful as the Sarup Shakti, and they don't have efficacy under themselves even to give one entrance into Brahma, Brahman, Brahma, Brahma Sayuja. Mm-hmm. If they're not accompanied by at least appreciation of bhakti and grace. So, many, many verses from scripture to establish that. We won't go into the, you know, the point. So, power of bhakti. So, now, comparatively, in you cannot enter the Gyan Marg. You cannot enter the Yoga Marg without a prerequisite of sufficient purity of heart. Celibacy, for example, is one of the... Uh, is it a yama or a niyama? I guess it's a... Don't do. <laughs> so, that's not something, you, you know, you just sew yourself up or something or... You know, you, you have you have to have a pure heart, and it's been going. Now you're going to go in the forest. You're going to sit on a, a tiger's skin or whatever, and meditate and and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the Himalayas. So, by contrast, Bhakti. If you have faith in Mahaprabhu and Holy Nam, Hari Nam, go for it. And Bhakti will come into the vilest heart and can purify the heart, right? So that's the teaching. Janiyate ashu vairagyam gyanam chaita haitakam vasudevi bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita. Very quickly, by bhakti, gyan, and vairagya will just will come. Byproducts of bhakti. They're maidservants to the bride of bhakti, who's the full face of knowing. What did Mahaprabhu say? Vidyavadu Jivanam. Mm-hmm. Vidyavadu, the bride of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And Gyan and Vairagya, they're like maidservants to the bride, right? They follow her. Mm-hmm. So, all well and good, all true, very, very charming mm-hmm. and encouraging. Mm-hmm. But you have to apply yourself in bhakti. Mm-hmm. Bhakti is full of nice statements, like Mara said, what, you have to be fully human, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds good, so, but what does it mean? Mm-hmm. You have to be fully human. If you're fully human, what's the difference between humans and other species of life? Well, we have a rational faculty that's more, 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 more prominent. Mm-hmm. Right? So, we have to use our reasoning to determine... That this, despite the fact that something may feel good, it might not be good for us. Mm-hmm. That's good reasoning. Mm-hmm. A rational person is one that, to the extent that they're rational, they rise above their emotions. Their feelings may dictate one thing, but reason dictates another. Mm-hmm. And if you're fully reason, rational, you understand reason has its leaves off at a certain point where it can't take one any further. Hmm? Then you need a transrational exercise, transcend reason. So to be fully human means to be dharmic. Hmm? And if you're fully human and you've inquired about dharma, then 
you become qualified to inquire about Brahman. Hmm? So, you got to play it out. When we say it means to be fully human, it doesn't mean, well, heck, then what the heck? Let's get out there and do what every human's doing. Well, most of the humans, we also say, are dvipada pashu, living like two-legged pashus, animals. Because their intelligence is being used, their reasoning power is being used to pursue the mind's demands and the demands of the senses. I'm, I'm obviously generalizing, but by and large, that's what goes on. Hmm? So now, what? What? The fact that you have this enhanced rational faculty, you're only using it to do the same thing that the animals are doing. So, well, it might as well be an animal. Use the intelligence to, to rise above animality, hmm? to come to balance, right? Hmm? Over hot, cold, good and bad, rich and poor. Hmm? And that's the beginning, really, of yoga, that sama, balance. No longer riding on the waves of acquisition. I got it. And then being plunged into the depths of, I lost it. It's gone. Hmm? Hankering and lamenting. Brahmabhuta prasannatma. Nasa chitina kangshati. Sama sarveshu bhuteshu. And seeing everyone equally. Samadarshina. This is what it means. That's what human life is suited for. Because you can't do it in any other life. (laughs) You can't do it in any other form of life because they're not suited for it. This is the only form of life that's suitable for religious pursuit, spiritual pursuit, directly. It's no wonder it's been around in human society for forever, in some form or another. So, the power of bhakti, right? It's a descending path. We make effort, as I often say, to get grace. That's our effort. Now, when you have bhakti in your life, then you can think, oh, material impurities are a small thing. They'll go away in due course. Hmm? They should go away very quickly if you're applying yourself appropriately in bhakti. But you might be just imbibing some theory. Hmm? And and even for that matter, as easy or as user-friendly as bhakti is, it's not easy either. It's easy comparatively. We're not asking you to go and sleep on a bed of nails. Hmm? We're not asking you to sub- submerge yourself in the river at, 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 on the dark moon night in the month of Mog up in the Himalayas and, and say, I'm, it's cold and hot are the same thing. Cold and hot are the same thing. Hmm? That's not easy to do. But to chant Hare Krishna, that's much easier. Hmm? But it's still about what did Arjun say? Hmm? I think what you're asking me to do is difficult. It involves harnessing the mind, which is like trying to capture the wind. And what did Krishna say? 
No, no, it's easy. He said, yeah, you're right, it's hard. <laughs> but it's possible. Hmm? By starving the mind, by ragya, by not putting it in a situation where it's just going to be bombarded with offers hmm? and false propaganda of how you could be happy by acquisition in one form or another. Hmm? Starve it from that. Create a favorable environment for yourself. Step away, step back, and then and and abhyasena and practice. So that's the positive hearing, chanting, and so forth in in, in association with devotees. And you know, I mean, you can do it as a, in a religious kind of a way, uh, or you can do it seriously and really pursue. Um, Expect something's going to happen because you're approaching it in that way, and then it will. Hmm? Hmm. But it's a very, very high theology. I mean, it makes it leaves Brahman in the dust, right? The the objective of the of the of the jnanis and Paramatma and the, the yogis in the, in the dust. We go into the past Narayan into the Brajalila, and it, and it's it 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 looks human like and. And so on and so forth. It's a very high, high uh, theology. So we can think ourselves, so to speak, or make an intellectual sleight of hand that I've gone there because I now know about these things and I can talk about them. But practically speaking, my life's not changing. I'm not using my head to soften my heart and practice. And so now. This beautiful Babaji order hmm, starts to become like some form of Christian antinomianism. Well, I just believe in Jesus, so uh, nobody can stop sinning anyway. Can you stop? Have you ever sinned? Okay, good. Nobody's perfect, right? So the teaching is believe in Jesus. Then I can sin as long as I believe in Jesus, and I'm okay. I'm not proud to think that I can stop sinning. No. power of Jesus. He made a sacrifice on the cross. You think, think you can do that? You can't. He did that. We can't. Of course, he said, follow me. You know, my, you know, my, that's lost. So this is like this antinomianism, you know, this is like stressing the efficacy of the, of the practice. Um, you're going to get there even though you're not going anywhere. You know, even though you're rooted here still. Hmm. Um, so just uh, just do bhakti and, and and so now you have a renounced order. It's apparent, I wasn't there at the time, but I mean it was. It appears that at the time of bhakti we know the talk where there were plenty of babajis who weren't uh, uh, the order was not regarded, Gaudiya Vaishnava wasn't highly regarded in Bengal, Bhakti Vinod Thakur didn't have it on its chart as one of the options when he was trying to choose a path. Hmm? It was like, he, not that he didn't know about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, he's from Bengal. Hmm? He grew up with a, what's it, what was the word, a, a distaste for the Bhagavatam. Hmm? With its romanticism, eroticism of Krishna and gopis and and so forth, 
Not that he had, not that he'd studied it, but that's how it was being depicted by the British. I mean, Vaishnavism starts to look like the real religion because there's God, but then it goes to hell because he's a he's a playboy, polygamist, and so forth. So until he came in touch with Chaitanya Charitamrita and, and then saw the Bhagavad through the light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's actual teachings, it wasn't on his chart as one of the possibilities of so but he, but he but of course he converted, as I say. Took it up. Hmm? And the point being that Gaudiya Vaishnavism and the saints of Gaudiya Vaishnavism or the renounced order of Gaudiya the Babaji came to the door begging, doing Madhukar. Give him some fruit, send him away, don't ask him. You can't learn anything from him. Hmm. And people, people who were not, um, who didn't follow the Dharma of their caste, which is going to become a Godia. No, I'm beyond the castes. No problem. I, I follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. And so, what you found is, is 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 a moral character was lacking, and in the renounced order. In particular, where where it really counts, right? Hmm. Again, by contrast, you've got Yoga Marg or the sannyasis in 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 the Shankar Sampradaya, and their emphasis is on purity, 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 purity. That's everything. Purity of heart. You can't be in the Gyan Mark unless the heart's sufficiently pure or the Yoga Mark. Hmm. So seeing this Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsakaku came up with a strategy to have his have sannyasis hmm, who people said would think of in terms of purity wearing the cloth and he would emphasize purity to them. He would emphasize purity. Rather than extreme emphasis on the efficacy of bhakti Hmm? And you can find, for example, I've I've told many times, Vishnu Chakravarti is extreme emphasis on the efficacy of bhakti. Jiva Goswami doesn't have the same extreme emphasis. Efficacy of bhakti is what it is. It's everything that Vishnu says in one sense. But hmm? you know, there are same commentaries on the Pichet Sudaracharo verse of Bhagavatam of, of the Gita. Hmm? It's worth worth looking at in some contrast. Hmm. Um, so, or that Sugadev's answer to Pariksit Maharaj in Bhagavatam and Rasalila. What is it to say? Bhikritam Bhajavadu Bir Dham Javishnu Shadhan Bhatinu Shanayadati Varnayadya. Bhakti Bhakti Param Bhakti Labdi. Yeah. Hmm. E- even even if you're a vile person, you have faith, bhakti come in your heart and purify you and so forth. Anyway, so uh, he put some emphasis on purity, hmm? and you find this in Godiamat. Hmm? The importance of brahmacharya. Celibacy. So you find, as you get away from Bhakti Siddhanta in the next generation, and the next generation, it's it's typical that you're going to find 
something that that the members gravitate towards that they give importance to that oftentimes is 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 not as central in the teaching as as they make it hmm? after all Bhakti Vinod is a householder right hmm? in some branches of Gaudiya Math householders just forget that person only this in brahmacharis and yasis naistika brahmachari you know i mean bhakti Siddhanta was a naistika brahmachari so he's from childhood he was a brahmachari so it's like whoa mm, pure purity hmm? and so this is some emphasis is shifting in that direction in bhakti Siddhanta sarasthi thakur's strategy Establishing a sannyas order for preaching, and it's a contrast to the Babaji's, and and they start to get respect. And I mean, he opens, like I say, 64 moths and sent emissaries, missionaries to Europe, and and so forth. And you know, here we are today, right? And here we are today with sannyasis all over the world, and half of them don't even know the philosophy, and another half, another you know, two thirds of <laughs> of that half. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, sannyasis. Like, oh yeah, Babaji's, right? Oh yeah, Babaji, send him away. Oh yeah, sannyasi. And I'm supposed to pay my respect to him, he's got all the money. <laughs> Sanyasi's got all the money. Some and some missions. They're the rich guys. <laughs> and and uh, you know, moral lapses and, and so forth, so the order is not that um, it doesn't have that kind of respect hmm, that it did previously. So it's an interesting dynamic, just to, historically how things change and and and, and whatnot. And so I, you know, I, I was thinking when these two sannyasis, Vaishnavas and Padmanavas, landed at my door. Uh, I mean, they've been listening to me and asking me questions for more than ten more than a decade, but circumstances in the mission that they were in uh, were an example of what we're talking about, unfortunately. Sannyasi leader um, um, not having the requisite purity and that, that coming out and so forth. So Unfortunate uh, circumstances. Anyway, they've, 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 they've come here and they asked me to give them shelter in all respects. And so then I started thinking, my well, should I give them sannyasa? You know, obviously they're they're very good men, very 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 qualified, and and they're good character and learned and so forth. But here, the sannyasa order is not. Something I plan to give any of you, in case you're wondering, you might as well get it off your mind because it's just not on my chart at all, hmm? and neither is it necessary hmm? for you to become Krishna conscious. Uh, and what I've seen is often, unfortunately, for there's a lot of young men for whom it just becomes an anartha, it just becomes a, a subtle pratishta. Hmm? I'll be sannyasi. They don't think, and then people are going to give me regard, but regard comes with it, and they're riding a little bit on that wanting of regard into the into the order, and, and that's not what it's about at all, right? It's the antithesis of what it's about. 
so so I, I thought about it and I was thinking maybe I, maybe I should turn them into Babaji's given how we've talked about the Babaji order and so forth. Um, then again, when Bhakti Siddhanta Sastritaka were established his sannyas order, his idea was, as I mentioned earlier, they would be parivrajaks, they would preach widely. And then he looked at the Babaji order as, these are the paramhamsas. They have retired from even preaching. They are just absorbed in nambhajan. Hmm? Our sannyasis will will put themselves a step lower and preach the glories of such persons. And this way we'll bring dignity that re- to that renounced order where it's lacking to some extent. Hmm? And we'll say, real Babaji's, that's another thing. That's Kishore Das Babaji, hmm? for example. Um... Jagannath Das Babaji, not this Babaji, that Babaji, and become a cheap thing. Hmm? One time, because he was giving Brahmin threads to persons from outside of the Varnashram and whatnot. So one fellow challenged Shudamar, your guru is giving Brahmin threads. And Shudamar says, which is higher, Brahmin or Babaji? He said, Babaji. He said, well, your guru was giving Babaji to anybody. So what about that? <laughs> so they had a, you know, this is part of their preaching, the sannyasis. What Babaji really is, they would preach. And and so they had the idea, well, who has Bhav, they can be Babaji, and, and, and so on. At the same time, I think, and we saw this also in Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasatthakura's movement and that of my own Guru Maharaj in Iskon also. They had some place in their missions for a Babaji order, for renounced persons who weren't Paramhamsas. You have the famous Kinshina Krishnadas Babaji. That's an interesting story, a little bit in terms of Bhakti Siddhanta's thinking about about that. But um, he, he was, a, of course, he was a, he was a very very qualified Babaji. But there were less qualified persons hmm, who sometimes Bhakti Siddhanta gave Babaji to. Who maybe they didn't have a propensity for preaching, but they were renounced, and he would give them sannyas, give them Babaji. Hmm. So they did. He did have a place for the two orders. Hmm, so to speak. So I had been thinking about that, hmm? and then preaching about all these things and trying to, you know, give the appropriate emphasis and so on. But ultimately, I thought, as a strategist, hmm, I've got enough battles that I'm fighting on different fronts to try to bring retire certain ideas, misconceptions. And, uh, and and so forth that I'm working on within with the with the whole community in mind, international community of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Indians, Americans, Europeans, Latins, everywhere. 
the Vaishnavas at Gaudi Vaishnavas everywhere. So I have, you know, some things in mind. I write my books in a certain way and so forth. And and um, and I, I thought that this probably wouldn't be... The, 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 the potential gain would not outweigh the trouble it would cost. And some people in Gaudi Methods, I'll just see, they're rejecting Bhakti Siddhanta. And, and then the Babaji just said, just say they've understood Bhakti Siddhanta was wrong. You know, even though we'd explain, no, that's not the case, we'd have to be explaining, you know, a good amount of the time. And so I instead preserved this order of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and and they will be humble sannyasis of good character. And I emphasize this to them very very strongly. So a little bit of history. Is that what you had in mind? <laughs> Something like that. Any questions? What's the time? Probably late, huh? Eight o'clock already. Okay, so we should stop there. Shishidaji Gopalki Jai. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Paramparagi Jai. Sanyasi Vrindaki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrindaki Jai. Gaur Premanandi.